Anyway, but I used to throw the curveball. Now there's no seam to do it. So there's nothing to grip onto. Yes, they use pine tar. Of course they use pine tar. Everybody's used pine tar since I was a rookie in 1967. Don't get excited. These are things that the pitcher needs to do. And it was interesting what Pete Alonzo said. I don't want it getting away and hitting me in the head. Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Harpett, your host, and with me is Brandon Noway. How you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing really good, Mark. It's good to be back. Um, it's great to have you back, man. I've been I've been talking to myself a lot of this time, and it just isn't as entertaining. I, I, I found that out about myself, and it's, it's a little scary. I mean, you usually talk to yourself anyways, don't you? Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, talk about people talking. You heard there at the very beginning, just before we started the show, that was Mr. Johnny Bench, and he's saying yes, using some sort of foreign substance like pine tar uh, by pitchers has been used for some time, and that's what we're going to kind of chat about a little bit about today. We, Brandon, we had a big menu, but it kind of you know got cut down. So, uh, let's see, we had to scratch Aaron Rodgers from from today's show. Sorry, Aaron, and. Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Boone? Well, yeah, it was actually Rodgers because everybody's been talking about him. I know it didn't baseball, but he's been cut. So Aaron Boone might be getting cut too. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that rolls. But today we're here talking primarily about not pine tar, but we're talking about Rule 301 of uh, the baseball rule book, if you will. And we're going to be talking about sticky stuff because that's what it's really all about is the foreign substance that has been being used by pitchers since time memorable memorial <laughs> but it's it's more than that it's it is uh, we, we've talked in the past you know brand about unwritten rules in the game but this isn't actually a written rule that hasn't been enforced for a long long time it is weird because i remember them counting it like mlb's going to introduce new rules to combat sticky stuff i thought there were gonna be new rules and then they introduced them and they're like this rule has been around for over 100 years like it's been around 100 years and they're just now going to enforce it is it even that that much of a rule then exactly so like i said this was almost might as well been an unwritten rule um there have been some instances in the past if you look on youtube you may find one or two with like the yankees and peralta long before boone was even in that role of manager. Uh, but there's not a whole lot going on with that. And, you know, what kind of foreign substance is there? Uh, let's see. You know, well, we've, we've seen Trevor Barr as, as a guy who kind of brought a lot of attention to this. He's probably one of the most visible people off of the field as well as on. And he's talked about sticky stuff. He's talking about using different types of products, you know, like Pelican Grip. And uh, there's there's some firm grip and there's some other ones. A lot of people like to talk about spider tech. But he's brought this to attention saying, guess what, guys? Here's this rule. And many is you heard him say 70, 75%. I heard that somebody the other day from the Yankees said as much as 90% of pitchers are using some sort of sticky stuff. So if it's a rule, either enforce it or abandon it or modify it. And I think it was a reasonable request from Barr, but it's certainly brought it to the fore this year, and things are going to happen. Things have happened. 
Yeah, and you know, Bowery is the gift that keeps on giving. He's always willing to speak his mind and give an opinion on stuff. And he honestly really helped me form my opinion because, I mean, I honestly didn't know what to think exactly of the whole thing. I thought it was getting out of hand, but I knew pitchers did need something. And honestly, listening to him, I agree 100% with what he was saying. Okay, now, now you're concerning me because you're looking at him as a model for your ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wasn't wrong with what he was saying, though. No, no seriously, he wasn't. You're right, but it's it, – he and, and basically, he was just asking for clarification, you know? Where do we go from here? Yeah, he just wanted clarification and some consistency, which – Honestly, with baseball, it just seems hard to get this time of this day and age. Well, definitely. I mean, we've talked about before about how baseball is a game of deception. You know, it's it's the idea of where the pitcher keeps the batter guessing where that ball is going to be, uh, the sign stealing, all those different things. Okay, I'm coming back. Let's forget sign stealing because I'm I'm not. That's a whole other issue. But we're talking about, <laughs> yeah, really. Hey, you know. When we did that episode back in January about the Angels fi- firing Bubba Harkins for um, applying some illegal substance to the ball. Now, you remember how that worked out. They sent out a memo saying, hey, uh, we're, we're going to enforce this rule and don't do it. And Bubba says, I didn't, you know, he didn't get the memo and they fired him. They didn't suspend him for 10 days like the MLB is going to do. We'll, we'll get down into all the criteria. But that was kind of an awakening for me of where this, you know, what was happening out there. Yeah, and I don't mean to sound like I'm harping on MLB too much, but do they know what they're doing at all? Or are they just making it up as they go? Because they say in the memo, these are the rules, we're going to enforce them. And then Bauer comes out and says that they're saying, we're going to do this next off season, so don't really worry about this year, keep doing what you're doing. And now all of a sudden they're like, okay, this is, we're not doing this anymore. You got to stop now. Like, do they know what they're doing? That is a big question mark and one worth asking. And before we get into too much of what they have said, let's uh, pedal back a little bit and say, what the heck is Brandon and Mark talking about today? It is a rule that has been on the book of the guidelines for a long time. The original rule, let's see, the official baseball rules, I think it's rule 3.01, and it's about the ball. And a couple of things this rule does is, one, they talk about the measurement of the ball, you know, the contents of the ball, how it's to be stitched together, and what weight. But then it, it, you get into the rule a little further, and it says, quote, no player shall intentionally discolor or damage the ball by rubbing it with soil, rosin, paraffin, licorice, sandpaper, emery paper, or other foreign substance. Unquote. Okay, Brandon. Rosin, that's in there as well. So you shouldn't be discoloring or intentionally affecting the ball with rosin. That's one of the items on there. That, that but they give you rosin. I, I don't know. That's a little, that sounds a little aged to me. It goes on the rule to say, for a penalty... The umpire shall demand the ball and remove the offender from the game. In addition, the offender shall be suspended automatically for 10 games. For rules in regard to a pitcher defacing the ball, see rules 6.02, 6.03, 6.04, 6.05, 6.06, 6.07, 6.08, 6.09, 6.10, 6.11, 6.12, 6.13, 6.14, 6.15, 6.16, 6.17
parens C, parens 2 through 6. Okay, so if you want to dig deeper, there's, there's that as well. But the, the main thing is, should a ball come, oh, I love this one too, by the way. Should a ball become partially apart in a game that is in play until the play is completed? Uh, that's that's uh, extra stuff that you don't, not really relevant to this, but the idea of no player shall intentionally discolor or damage the ball by rubbing it with soil, rosin, paraffin, licorice, sandpaper, every paper, or other foreign substance. It's that, that's ridiculous. Licorice. Well, you know, it tells you a little bit that this ball, I mean, this law has been around for a while. And everybody said, well, we, we need, the MLB's coming up with some new rules and how we're going to handle these things. And they're, they're not new rules, Brandon. I mean, we're looking at here, at least a rule that's been established, but they have come up with guidelines. And in many cases, a lot of organizations, they would respond quickly when something's brought to their attention. But since Trevor brought this up like four years ago, knocking on their door with it, and MLB's just getting around to it, some question, and certainly I do, the sense of immediacy in their response, like, okay, we're going to make changes right now in the middle of the season about how this rule is applied. Yeah, and I I do give MLB credit for trying to fix the problem. But like Bauer said, they messed it up in doing it with the timing because we'll get more on this later, but it's really going to affect pitchers because you're going to have to change the way you grip the ball and your throwing motion even in some cases, which can lead to injury. And you can't just change that overnight because that's basically what they're telling you to do. And it's something where I think what they should have said, like Bauer said, we're going to do this in the off season next year. So just be prepared. Next year is going to be different. Yeah. I mean, before the show, you and I were talking about, it's like driving here in Tampa on the interstate, you know, they, they have uh, speed limits posted there for 70 miles per hour. And I guarantee you, even if you're in the far right lane, people are going to be doing 75, 85, 95 miles an hour and plus, and it's dangerous as heck. And if you're trying to follow the law, you're, you'd probably get pulled over for doing a minimum speed. But the thing of it is, if suddenly, suddenly law enforcement said, we are going to really apply this rule. We are going to be steadfast. It's, everyone's going to be held you know, equal to this. Well, I can't imagine how many times, how many officers you would have to have pulling people over first. And if you implemented it all at once, it would be a cluster. Well, I'll leave the rest of that word out. It would be a cluster. <laughs> and it, it, literally. So what, what would we expect? I mean, in our own general lives, if something, there's a, a major change all at once, there is. There's a cluster. There's a bottleneck. There's whatever you want to call it that's going to impact the regular flow of things. And that's certainly going to be the case with what's coming up with the, uh, the new guidance. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I would probably definitely get pulled over, even though if I go, I only go like five or ten over the speed limit. And, you know, if it's not stop and go traffic here, it's either, if it's not stop and go, it's the Autobahn here. But <laughs> you can't just change stuff overnight. It's like muscle memory, brain memory. Everything needs time to adjust. And if you're just going to like, at the snap, just like that, 
change everything, there's going to be repercussions with it, and they might not be very good, and it will backfire on you. I agree with you, and, and uh, let's take a look at that new guidance that they're going to give us here. Okay, let's see. For This is from the MLB. Starting pitchers will have more than one mandatory check per game, and each relief pitcher must be checked either at the conclusion of the inning in which he entered the game or when he is removed from the game, whichever occurs first. Well, that, that'll speed things up in the game. That'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we got the rule now that a uh, pitcher goes up there, they either had pits to three batters or a completed inning. So... <laughs> Uh, in general, inspections will be conducted between innings or after pitching change to avoid a delay of the game and to allow the umpire to perform a thorough check, including the hat, glove, and fingertips of the pitcher. Well, what about, uh, what about you know, I see some of these guys grabbing their belts, so that can be kind of questionable. And, and I, I don't know. So that's what part of it. Let's see the next one. See, umpires may perform a check at any time during the game, when the umpire notices that the baseball has an unusually sticky feel to it, or when the umpire observes a pitcher going to his glove, hat, belt, or any other part of his uniform or body to retrieve or reply what may be a foreign substance. Okay, well, that covers the belt. But the, you know, I, I got to wonder the umpires themselves how they feel about this. And what kind of uh, repercussions be on them if they feel like it's not being applied? I guess, strictly speaking, the manager or coach of another team could bring it to the uh, umpire's attention. But to read this, it sounds like it's going to be incumbent upon the umpire to be watching for this all the time anyway. Um, my reaction to it is sort of like the, the gif from the office of, Michael Scott yelling, please, God, no. <laughs> because to me, these umpires don't need more jobs. No. I mean, they're having a difficult time enough as it is. And, I mean, it is a little bit flawed if you're, like, touching a part of your uniform more than another part. Because, I mean, I played sports growing up for a long time, and my hands would get sweaty, and I would, like, wipe my hand on my shirt or my jersey to dry it off because if I'm pitching or if I'm even in the field I don't want my hand to be sweaty if I have the ball come my way I mean now you can say hey inspect me I don't care but I mean I don't want to be inspected just because I'm trying to dry my hand off yeah yeah that's is I gotta wonder I mean you get down to minutia or you get down into such a introspection of this. I can see, you know, like replay cameras and all of that on here. But let's see. Oh, this says the use of foreign substances is not subject to challenge using the replay review system. <laughs> Great more replay. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, because we don't want to slow it down anymore. Right? A player who possesses or applies foreign substances in violation of playing rules will be immediately objected from the game and suspended. The umpiring crew shall be the sole judge as to whether the rules have been violated. And I think you and I talked, it should be the Mattel guy who's out there with the with the umpires. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got the body there using him. Uh, geez, I, I, we're making fun of this because it, it seems ridiculous 
at least from my perspective, on implementing this immediately. And everybody has to understand it today. Uh, I, I don't care that the rule has been there all along. You say they should have understood it before then? Yeah, maybe. But as far as its implementation, it's new. Yeah, and I just have a bad feeling about this because it all seems so rushed. And while we may have problems early on when people get used to it, I have a bad feeling it's going to come back to bite somebody in, in September or October, like when the games really start to matter. Yeah. Is some somebody going to maybe hurt their arm or... Are they going to have something where it's like suspected that it's sticky and they throw them out and lose them for 10 games and they can't bring somebody up? I mean, that's just what I'm thinking because maybe it'll work perfectly or it'll work fine, but I just have a bad feeling it's going to backfire and it's going to hurt somebody. We'll talk about how it may have already backfired on some pitchers, including Tyler Glasnow here in a few moments. But if we take a little bit more look at the new guidance, it's interesting, Brandon. I guess to give it more complete coverage, they're not just targeting pitchers here. We're talking about position players and catchers. And it's it's basically saying they can uh, inspect a position player if they observe conduct consistent with the use of a foreign substance by the pitcher. And position players not be objected for will not be ejected for having a foreign substance on their glove or uniform unless the umpire determines that the player was applying the substance to the ball in order to aid the pitcher. Okay, how's that hair splitting coming along here? Okay. Well, there's so many more things that they could have tried to fix, but this is one that just needs more time than... Because it was, what, two weeks ago they said they were implementing rules on this or that they are coming up with it? It just, it seems too rushed. It does. You know, I want to stop here. I can read more of this and we will. But I, I want to go ahead and play a piece here from Tyler Glass now. I mean, we've noticed in just the last few weeks, there's been some changes in pitcher activity. You know, recently, Brandon, what Garrett Coe was uh, – critiqued as some change going down in spin rate. And for those of you who aren't quite uh, as thoroughly involved with all this, one of the things about this foreign substance being on the balls is not that it just changes velocity for the pitcher or control for the pitcher, but it also affects the spin rate, which allows them to give the pitcher, what, a better uh, control of the path of the ball, you know, Players have been complaining, say, well, the ball's doing something different than I've ever seen a ball be able to do before. And I'm not sure that that's been investigated enough. I mean, analytics are looking at all this, but there's got to be somewhere in between. I mean, if you're looking back at that original rule and even rosin is considered something that's affecting how the ball is, there, there's a real issue there. Let's let's go ahead and listen to what uh, Tyler Glass now has to say. Tyler, you were pretty frustrated about the ball last night. Just any more thought as to whether that may have kind of played a part in any of this, or is, has that kind of entered your mind yet? Convenient and like, but I a hundred percent believe that contributed to me getting hurt. Uh, no doubt, without a doubt. Um, 
I think like it's it's ridiculous. Like, I'm just gonna. I have used sticky stuff before. It's ridiculous that like it seems like this whole public perception of like, oh, it's just like select few people. Like your favorite pitcher probably 50 years ago was using something too. Like if you felt these balls, how inconsistent they were. Like you have to use something. So in the past, I my like substance of choice is sunscreen and rosin. Like just nothing egregious, something to where I can get a grip on the ball so it doesn't feel dusty. But two starts ago against the Nationals. I went cold turkey, nothing. And before that start, I remember when all this stuff came out, I was talking to people and talking to doctors. And they were like, the thing that maybe MLB doesn't realize or that players don't realize is like, what, what is the injury? Like, what, what is the prevention of like, maybe it'll add to injuries. And in my mind, I was like, that sounds dumb. That sounds like an excuse a player would use to make sure he can use sticky stuff. But I threw to the Nationals with nothing. I've never been, I don't use sticky stuff to, I don't use spider tack. I don't need more spin. I I have huge hands. I spin the ball fine. I want grip. I did well against the Nationals, probably one of the best starts I had all year. I woke up the next day and was like, I am sore in places that I didn't even know I had muscles in. Like I felt completely different. I switched my fastball grip and my curveball grip. I've thrown it the same way for however many years I played baseball. I had to change, I had to put my fastball deeper into my hand and grip it way harder. And I had to, instead of holding my curveball at the tip of my fingers, I had to dig it deeper into my hand. So I'm like choking the out of all my pitches. My cue I used to use with Snyder was hold the ball like an egg, like nice and loose, be loose. That's out of the window. So I, I now have to develop a new cue. I have to develop something where I can't hold the ball light anymore. I have to dig it deep into my hand. So I'm taking it and you have to think, I'm not a doctor. I know you guys probably know that, but I'm taking a, a fastball. I'm squeezing the ball twice as hard. So all of this is I'm recruiting all these muscles and I'm taking my arm as hard as I can throwing the ball. So I'm going from like a flexed muscle to letting a ball go. And like I said, I was like, maybe it's not going to, I don't think it'll lead to any injuries, but waking up after that start, I was like, okay, this sucks. Something is, is weird here. And then that same feeling is persisting all week long. And then I go into my start yesterday and that same feeling just, it pops or whatever the hell happened to my elbow. Like I feel it, something happens. Well, you can tell from that, you know, he sounds like he wasn't doing anything terribly offensive. He was using rosin and his own uh, sunscreen or sweat with that. But that he was going to take measures before MLB said, hey, here's the new guidance. And, and in doing so, he had to affect his grip. He had to affect how he used that grip. And from that, it took, I guess, more tension on different parts of the body. And now he's out. He's out with an injury. And I don't think we're going to see him back this year. We might during playoffs. I don't know. Yeah, this is like what I was talking about earlier, where it could backfire. Because, I mean, I don't know how you... how Sunscreen isn't something I think you would use to get a better grip on the ball because I mean those times I've used sunscreen especially living in Florida we've used it a lot I guess maybe mixed with your sweat and the rosin that help makes it a better grip on your hands because usually for me sunscreen gets slippery and I don't want a slippery ball and going back to it being rushed you have to have time to you know like reteach your muscles you can't just jump into it and it's like anything if you do like say you're doing a new workout or you change something up and you're going to do it different your body's probably going to be a little bit more sore because you're using your muscles differently or using muscles you've never used and 
when you're putting that much motion on your arm at the as quickly as they you know will break their wrist and if your muscles aren't ready for that that can be a big problem and now glass now worst case injury and Reed and I talked off off air he could be gone for this year maybe even next year if this is a worst case scenario yeah that's uh it's nothing to scoff at i mean kind of kid around you know we ran the commercial the other week for beard buddy and a pitcher's friend and but when you start thinking about the potential for injuries and the injuries are not necessarily limited to the pitchers you and i have questioned whether or not hit by pitch counts have gone up you know or or have they in the past and the, the, the question about Gary Coe's performance lacking and the poor guy had to get up in front of the cameras and he just he just was not prepared for that. That's another thing. It's a whole other PR thing. But then also another Yankee, Aronis Chapman, the reliever, he wound up giving up five runs the other day. Was this a, a change in, in some measure of potentially him using sticky stuff and now not? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think, you know, in a lot of people have been – ballyhooing and singing the praises of DeGrom, and I'm one of them. And I feel like he's going to be a target, you know, for this. The man is under one, underneath a a 1.0 ERA. I think he's down to like .6 something now. But he'll be be closely investigated. Yeah, and, and that sucks for him because, you know, he's doing stuff that nobody's really seen ever, and he's going to be the first to get investigated. Now that may just be timing depending on his start with the date that they're implementing it but everybody's saying that you know he doesn't do it and that'd be interesting to see if he really doesn't do it because that just makes it even more impressive and like you were saying earlier hit by pitch has gone up there's they say they're doing this for more control but from usa today there's been a 28 percent spike in hit batters per game since 2017 and that Batters are being hit by pitches at a rate that hasn't been exceeded since 1898. So if this is meant to give you more control, these numbers shouldn't be saying this. Yeah, that, that, that leaves a... And this, I, we've talked about this too before. That we need to. This is something we should probably give its own show on the whole hit-by-pitch thing. And this would be part of that factor saying, does the sticky stuff make a difference? Uh, it's looking at some things from fan graphs and looking that, what, since I think 1980s, they were seeing this large, you know, bump up on uh, players getting hit by pitch. But let's, let's go back again to the sticky stuff. I want to go ahead and run something here we have from Pete Alonso. Since the start of the game, pitchers have been using uh, – substances i mean there's a bag of rosin behind the mound right now to help guys dry their hands and get grip uh for me i think whether they're using pine tar rosin uh bullfrog or sunscreen and rosin or whatever they want to use to help control the ball let them use it because for me it's like i go in the box every single day and i see guys throwing harder and harder every day and i don't want to i don't want 99 slipping out of someone's hand because they didn't have enough feel for it. I think that the 
the biggest concern is that uh, Major League Baseball manipulates the baseballs year in and year out, depending on the free agency class or guys being in an advanced uh, part of their arbitration. So I do think that's a big issue. Um, the ball being different every single year with other sports, the ball is the same, like basketball, football, tennis, golf, like balls the same. So I think that that's the, that's the real issue with uh, the changing of the baseballs. And maybe if they didn't, the league didn't change the baseball pitchers wouldn't need to use as much sticky stuff because uh, for guys that feel the ball and throw the ball every single day and for it to change every single year, it's not fair to the people who are using it every single day and throwing it. Okay, well, there you have it. I mean, Pete Alonzo, obviously, he says as a batter, he doesn't have a problem with the pitchers using something that allows them to control the pitch. You know, he he sees that as possibly a safety net for not getting hit. Here, here's here's a guy we're talking about who's, you know, won a home run derby and, and may win another. And in some ways you think that he'd be at odds with that, but there are others as well. And one of the things he points out too – is that as a batter, you know, he uses pine tar. He uses that lizard skin grip uh, to, for that. There are advantages to that. And I haven't dug deep enough, Brandon, but, you know, you have to wonder if there's many things going on. We say, well, we're going to analyze the bat. We go back to the George Brett days, jumping out of the Dodgers dugout, screaming and shouting an up bar because he's saying, George, you use pine tar, and he came up on the trademark of the bat, and therefore you're breaking the rules. I, I, I don't I think there's going you may see more managers being kicked out of a game because of this insanity. And but getting back to Alonso, I think that, that he's right there. Yeah, and I agree with him saying that he's in support of the pitchers having more control because honestly, even though he played in Little League, it can still you still get a little nervous up there because you don't know where that ball's going. You don't really have a whole lot of time to react. And you don't want to be hit in the head. I mean, I didn't even want to get hit anywhere, but I was always afraid of getting hit in the head or the face. And anything to help reduce that chance of that happening, I, I would be for. It sounds like Alonzo is too. Well, yeah, I agree too. I mean, with Alonso, I think he's he's got a good insight on that. It was somewhat maybe surprising to see a batter say that, but there have been several other ones who, who come out that way as well. I want to read you another part of uh, the guidance from MLB. It said, MLB will closely monitor the effect of this policy on competition and on player health and may make future modifications to the enhanced enforcement guidance as appropriate. Well, what about Glass now? We were talking about him earlier. Uh, are, are we going to see changes that uh, impact players? I mean, both at bat and pitching. I mean, possibly some pain. But let's go over it one more time. Let's say, and may make future modifications to the enhanced enforcement guidance as appropriate. What does that mean? Well, one, it's, it's like one of those clauses when you sign a, an agreement and says, and other other policies that we may decide to add at a future date. You know, you're agreeing to that now. It seems like uh, we can change it if we want, whenever we want. And and in truth, since they're throwing this out in the middle of the season, they, they may have to. Because if we're looking at a three, three-and-a-half-hour game becoming a four, four-and-a-half-hour game because – of umpires having to check equipment, 
if we're talking about you know more ejections maybe uh then you gotta pause and get somebody out there in the bullpen that you hadn't planned on having up just right now it's it can impact the game in, in a heavy way and they're gonna have to recon they may find themselves reconsidering what the heck they want to do with this this is something that should have been talked about and planned and happened either before the beginning of this season or the next season. And without going too much depth, I question whether we're going to have a 2022 season, especially the way some of the things that MLB is doing. And this is one of them, I think, that's while they're within their rights as working within the rules of the game, the application may not be as easy or as friendly to players, to fans, and the game overall. Yeah, and that's a great point by you, because the CBA is coming up in this offseason, and you know MLB is basically run by the owners, even though Manfred's put out there, he's really just a puppet for the owners. But you really think this would affect it even more if it backfires, because we see guys like Glass now, getting hurt possibly because of this and if it continues to go this way you could really see it where players i mean the relationship is already really splintered between the players and the owners they can now get the sense where hey the owners really might not care for our health and that could push them even further away and make these negotiations even more nasty than they probably are going to be. You know, one guy I was hoping would really kind of help things change, and we talked about him before and did even a whole show on him, was Theo Epstein. And once he moved to MLB, I was hopefully looking for a bit more clarity, hopefully a bit more sensibility about how to do things. And One individual can only do so much. So I'm not going to try to guess about what he is or what he isn't doing. But the whole consideration of those owners, I mean, they are MLB. They are the commissioner. The commissioner doesn't do anything that they don't want him to do. They're the final arbiters in what's going to happen here. And I said, I hope and pray that they get it right. I hope and pray that they're not going to destroy the game. We're looking at a game whose popularity has fallen. And this is not something that's going to make it better. You know, Brandon, when the whole Astros thing came out and the stealing base, uh, stealing signs came out, I used to say, well, you know, Brandon, maybe, maybe this will bring more attention to baseball. Maybe there'll be some notoriety that'll come with it. Maybe it'll draw people in because of that. But I don't think this is, that didn't happen then. I certainly don't think this is going to do it either. No, I think, you know, the science the science scandal, it could have been a little bit like the the home run race in the mid-90s steroid scandal where it kind of brought intrigue to the game. I think it was just the way it was handled and the way, like, the players almost turned on the Astros that maybe that was just everything around it, you know, the handling the fighting, name-calling, all that stuff. I think that really kind of turned people away from it. And even though drama does drive ratings, it just seemed like this was just too out of hand to help the game. 
I, <clears throat> pardon me. I agree. You know, one of the things there at the beginning, we're talking about Johnny Bench, and we were talking about the ball and the seams, okay, being able to get a grasp of it. Folks, you may or may not know that Major League Baseball, along with an equity company, bought Rawlings, the people who manufacture the Major League Baseballs, okay? Now, therefore, they have a direct control over the production of that ball. And there have been changes throughout the years, including the tightness of the ball, the density, and even how much of the seams are there. If the seams are more recessed now, it's difficult for a pitcher to get a, a good grasp. Uh, Pete Alonso, we're not going to go into all this today, but he practically built a conspiracy theory about how MLB may be controlling that ball and how that would impact free agent players coming up, whether they be position players or pitchers. And we're not, there's a whole other episode right there, Brandon. Jeez. I mean, that's, that's something that, that has its own measure, but, but the thing of it is I'm getting at is now that those threads have been recessed, it takes even more effort. It maybe takes a sticky stuff, a foreign substance to help give those pitchers better control. And I don't know if you've ever, you know, played catch or held a baseball where the seams are basically flat. It's horrible. I mean, I've done it before. It it feels like there's nothing to hold on to. There's no grip. There's nothing. And especially like if they're new and they're still shiny, it's horrible to throw. But that's also the same way if the seams are huge. That's also horrible to me as well. I mean, I want it like kind of in the middle, you know, or middle ground. And with baseball owning Rawlings, they're basically saying, hey, we are now one baseball. We can do whatever we want now. It, it feels like that. And, you know, that episode we did back in January about putting mud on the ball that, that's been sanctioned, and we talked at the same time that Rawlings was trying to develop a way to make the ball more tacky. I, 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 at some point I say, well, okay, let's go back and look at that rule book again because there are measurements about what the ball is supposed to be like, et cetera. And that could be yet another thing that could make the collective bargaining agreement between the Players Association and MLB uh, a challenge. Uh, I think we almost need some kind of arbitration guy that's talked to both of them before we even get started and them trying to get into, get getting something done. Uh, I, I'm going off a little bit here, but let's let's go back to see what has been the impact. We Tyler Glass now just came out recently and said what he had to as far as how he felt like he got an injury from this, about having to change how he pitched. And then – if we look at recent injuries listed here, we see Shane Bieber, Max Scherzer. And I'm not saying that that's what caused theirs, that maybe they had to make some changes, but it will be interesting. And we will track what's happening with both the injuries to pitchers. We will track what's happening with hit-by-pitches because does that make a difference? I don't know. We will find out. And any other metrics out there. So – Here's my question, Brandon. As a batter, am I more willing to accept a pitcher using some kind of foreign substance 
to help control the ball to where it doesn't come and hit me smack dab in the head at 100 miles per hour. And realize also that I'd be surrendering the uh, the possibility of getting a ball that I can hit. <laughs> or, or I should say that doesn't seem like it's going on some kind of funky path that a pitcher is able to control. I would say yes to that. But if you give us a bit of an advantage to where the ball is like a little bit more juiced and it's not like a dead ball like they're saying that it is now. Right. You know, sort of like, hey, I'll let you do this if you do this for me. You know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Well, maybe it comes down to having some standardization. I mean, the standardization in the past has been mudding up the balls, taking that mud from the Delaware River, you know, sifting through it, getting all nice and clean, and then each clubhouse is supposed to prepare the ball to some degree by rubbing mud onto it, which helps in some small degree, but obviously not enough to give pitchers the control they need. So I think that standardization is going to be something that has to happen with the ball and also with the type of sticky stuff that is used because that way everybody would be on an equal playing field if there was one product. It would probably be made by Rawlings too, but... uh, (laughs) uh, I mean, there are a ton of smart people out there. Why can't they go to, like, scientists or university and ask, hey, can you maybe help us out and try to make a substance to where it'll stick longer to the ball? Because Bauer said that the mud works, but only for, like, a half hour. Then it starts to get slick. Why can't they try to come up with either a chemical that it'll stick longer or you can put in the mud to help it not slicken up? Well, if this country can spend the millions of dollars it did to help stimulate male hair growth on top of their heads, <laughs> maybe the great American pastime merits some attention to help control a baseball from a pitcher's hand to a, across the plate. Yeah. Hey, NASCAR went to a university or well, a university came to them and said, Hey, we can use foam and a steel wall. Oh, I believe it's steel. We can use this and we can put it around the track and it will help save drivers lives. So I think if NASCAR can do something like that with foam, I don't see a reason why baseball can, can't do it with somebody else. I mean, that may be a bad comparison, but that's just what I'm thinking. No, you know, I, I think that makes sense. And you know, one last thing I want to say about the type of ball and making changes. You know, Pete Alonzo in, in some of his remarks where he was saying that, guess what? Footballs don't really change. No, I mean, unless somebody's deflating them. <laughs> if you, <laughs> yeah, a, a tennis balls don't change. No, I don't, I don't see any changes there. Basketballs, no. Baseballs, you change them, you deaden them, you juice them up, and et cetera. We, uh, I don't know. Man. I, I'm just I'm, I'm right there with Pete. That's it. I mean, you see that. So let's get some sort of standardization with the ball. Let's find some kind of tacky substance that is acceptable and realize different pitchers of different talents and different strategies will play differently and just suck it up. And guess what? Be better. Isn't that what you always say? Be better. And be better yep. at the plate. You know what? Be better at the field. Hey, guess what? They're out there and they're, they're – uh, they're pulling a shift on you. Be smart. The other night, I'm seeing, uh, seeing what, Yandy 
uh, for the Drays. He's out there. He barely taps the ball, almost almost getting halfway to third with the ball, and while he gets all the way to first. You got to adapt. Is it exciting baseball all the time? No, not necessarily. The game's evolved. Get with it. You know, I, I'm I am tired of seeing analytics completely measure the game. And I'm not talking about who you put in and who you don't put in. I'm talking about getting down to finding things like spin rate. I am frustrated. I am beyond being in I a pleasant tell. mood right now. <laughs> hey, I think everybody wants fairness. Players do, both pitchers and hitters. It's just they can't find a standard, a standardization, because MLB just keeps tripping over itself. Yeah, so here we are pontificating to you, MLB, and to baseball in general. I'd like to put out a challenge to, what, labs everywhere to see what you can come up with. Hey, wouldn't it be nice, or neat anyway, if, like many other businesses who provide a product or a service, they have to go ahead and, what, uh, provide, uh, they're, they're being, let's see, what's the word I'm looking for, Brandon? Um service yeah well they provide the service or they provide a product but basically they they have to go ahead and submit uh, a proposal okay they have to go ahead and compete with other companies to get the business i think there should be something there for baseball you know we have parameters what that baseball should be pull mlb out of it you know uh one other thing i'll say about rawlings while i'm going down this rant is Rawlings used to belong to a company that was publicly traded. So you and I could have actually had some ownership of that ball. Okay. All right. Have I gotten off my tirade yet? You got any <laughs> other insights you'd like to bring to this, Brandon? No, I think we're all inside it out. Yeah. Yeah. Inside it out is right. Okay, everybody. Um, here's the homework. Send to Brandon, who is at at Sports Blitz Pod on Twitter, myself, Mark, at the Baseball Biz. Send us your comments. Send us your insights. Send us a solution, by goodness, for baseball's craziness and sanity and your evaluation of what happens after next Monday when MLB actually deploys these new guidelines and how the umpires will be going out to the mound, checking the, the gloves. Everything else, we're going to see what happens. Let us know what you see, too. Any final words, Brandon? Uh, thanks for listening, and, and go Lightning. Oh, jeez. Yeah, come on. Sound excited. One more time. Go Lightning. Okay, go Lightning. <laughs> here we are in Tampa Bay. We, get, we love you all. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball Biz here. And you can find us, of course, at iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many, many more. And that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Special thanks to X-Take RUX for the music rocking forward. And it was interesting what Pete Alonzo said. I don't want to get away and hitting me in the head. <laughs> <laughs>